Welcome to Gardening Naturally with Jeff Ferris. Call or text Jeff now with your gardening and landscape questions. 512-836-0590. Hey, good morning, gardeners. Pretty day this morning. A little chilly. Starting the day out just a little cold. But it should be a nice day today. If we look at the weather forecast for the next week, we don't show any freeze, at least in the Austin area. Outlying areas, of course, you guys get colder than we do, sooner than we do. So you'll have to take that into account. The worst thing about our weather, we don't have any real indicator of rain. Now, Thursday, a system comes in, and Friday and Saturday are fairly high percentages for rain. That's not enough, folks. That is just not enough. We we really need the rain. So we're still probably having to water our plants. Again, cooler weather, less heat stress means we don't have to water them quite as frequently because you'll have less evaporation. But we're still going to have to provide water. Now, after yesterday, which was, I actually got rain, a quarter inch doesn't cut it. The only thing it did was rinse enough dust out of the air that my cars look terrible. I need to take them in someplace to get them washed. Um, that wasn't enough to keep everybody happy, as in our plants, our landscape, etc. So we need to hope for some more water, a lot more water, actually. Um, we don't want the flash flood, of course. We don't need that, but we need more than we've gotten. I think we're still down like eight inches for the year. Eight inches. We don't want to make up eight inches of rain in the next two weeks. That would be just a little bit much. That's that's not going to cut it. But um, Friday, Saturday, chance of rain hope it's enough, at least for those days. Now, we've been hearing them say, wetter than normal. Eh, That's been changing a lot. We're back to near normal. Now, fortunately, this time of the year is a little wetter than others. But normal now is not going to get us back to where we should be. So, as always, Proper watering when it's needed. We should probably not be watering on a set schedule. We should be watering when the plants need it. Stick your finger in the dirt. There's no simpler way to determine if they need water. Now, some of you, when this weather gets colder are going to want to bring your plants in. Doesn't look like it's going to be a real issue. Maybe Monday night, Tuesday morning. 
But after that, we're nearly 50 or above for the rest of the week, meaning the low temperatures. <clears throat> now, when you bring your plant in, remember something. You've probably been running your heater in your home. Your furnace has been cranking out heat for you. The problem with that is it's really dry. You have super low humidity, super low humidity in your home. If you have a humidifier, it would be a good idea to run it near your plants. They are much more attuned to having that uh, more humid weather being outside. And yeah, I know even outside it's starting to drop, but you can help them out. They would appreciate when you bring them in, their first thing's gonna be, wow, it's nice and warm in here. And the second comment's gonna be, wow, it's really dry in here. So, you know, you can get a simple humidifier for $25 that will run and improve the, the air quality in your home. No more waking up in the morning with a sore throat because the heater ran all night. Running that humidifier can help uh, you with the, the, the moisture. You don't have that dryness and you don't have uh, a sore throat from breathing in the heat. So it helps you too, but don't forget your plants. They could use the same um, tender loving care there. When you bring your plants in, you want to give them a good look over. And you want to do this before you get them in the house. Because you don't know what passengers may be coming in with them. Everything from lizards to insects. Um, you, you want to make sure that they don't come into your home and decide to take up residence in your house. So give them a look over. If you want, you can blast them with water real quick just in case there are any bugs on them, knock them off, and then bring them in. And of course, if you have your indoor plants in pots, make sure you have some kind of tray underneath them. When you bring them in, they're still gonna dribble water. They're still gonna drain when you water them and they will ruin your floor. You'll get big wet spots on your carpets. You'll get stains on your flooring. Um, get some kind of trays. They're, they're really inexpensive. And they, they'll save your floor so that you can still take care of the, uh, you can still take care of the plant and keep it happy uh, but you aren't risking your furniture, tables, flooring, things like that. 
Bringing our plants in is something we deal with probably pretty much every winter. One of the things you can do when you do bring them in, see where you set them down. When you put them even in a tray, you want to look around and see, is there a vent blowing directly on these plants? Because it'll be blowing that hot air. Now, it's not so hot as to burn the plant, but it is hot enough. It is hot enough um, to dry them out. And that's where we get back to having the humidifier. So be prepared for it. We are definitely going to get some kind of cold weather here where those plants, if you want to continue them, you're going to want to bring them in. And then you have the problem of if they drain and flood and ruin a floor or a piece of furniture, or you accidentally bring in a bunch of bugs you didn't want. Prepare for it ahead of time. Uh, Denise, I see you there. Can you hang on? I need to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, let's go to the phone. This is Denise. Denise, what can I help you with? Hi, thanks for taking the call this morning. Uh, you uh, hit a note with me with regard to bringing plants in, container plants into the house. I have a spaghetti agave container plant, and it is full of the little white bugs. could be mealybugs or something else. I have doused it with insecticidal soap. I have actually hand-washed every leaf with uh, soapy water, and it still has these bugs on them, and I just am not sure what to do to get rid of them so I could bring it in the house. Okay. There is a product that is insecticidal soap plus spinosad. It's a simple spray. Uh, it comes in ready to use. You don't, you can get a concentrate, but it comes in its own squirt bottle and it is a dual purpose. The insecticidal soap will uh, desiccate or drown the um, insects. The spinosad will stay on the plant, and if the insects try to come back, the spinosad will kill them. Now, it's a safe product. Um, it's on the NOP list. You can use it for organics. It's not very expensive, and it works pretty quickly. If you spray the soap, that's going to get the insects that are alive right now and the spinosad will hang out so you don't have to use it quite as frequently to get ahead of the game. Um, you can find it at any of your local nurseries but it would be a good choice, uh, safe to use, bringing it in. It doesn't have any nasty odor to it. Um, you could take and take your plants that are outside uh, spray them early in the morning. By the end of the day, uh, it will easily be safe enough to bring in the house, 
and it'll still be working. The spinosad lasts about five days on the plant. So okay. you're not spraying as often, but it's it's something you could try and see if that doesn't get you ahead of the game. Does does that product go by a common name that I could look for? Uh, Monterey Products, they make one that has the soap and spinosad together. I know for a fact that that company has one. I'm sure there are others. You just need to look and see what the active ingredients are. If it says insecticidal soap and spinosad, S-P-I-N-S-O-D, I had to think about that for a second. Um, that's what you're looking for. It's it's a much stronger bug spray. So so do the mealybugs live in the soil or, or have their eggs in the soil? Do I need to change out as much of the soil as I as I can and put it in a new container uh, so that I don't get reinfestation or is it just spraying enough every five days going to take care of any possible reinfestation? Well, the nice thing about it is you can spray the plant and you can also take a second and spray the soil. It okay. won't harm the roots of the plant or anything like that. And anything that's still kind of floating around in the soil that you haven't killed with the contact spray, you'll be able to get those too. Okay, perfect. Thank you. I appreciate it. And my uh, spaghetti agave will appreciate it too. Ah, well, I'm glad I could help it out. Uh, you have a great week, Diane. Denise. Thanks, you too. Let's go to the phone. This is Diana. Diana, what can I help you with? Well, good morning, and I just wanted to let you know I enjoy your show. I have a question about some fig trees that I have in pots. When would be a good time to put them in the ground? In the spring. In the spring, they'll do so fine. I can yeah, leave them, do say, like in yeah. a, the garage or something and just keep an eye on them? Uh, you know, you don't necessarily have to put them in the garage. Young, oh, figs, okay. st- young figs still in the pot. Um, if you were to put them in the ground, they're probably going to freeze to the ground anyway. Oh, they okay. may freeze to the ground in your pot. And all you need to do is don't let the pot freeze solid. Give it water occasionally, even if you don't see anything growing. Uh, you know, don't flood it, but it will produce new shoots starting in the spring. So once it starts doing that, that's a good time to decide to put it in the ground. Okay, that's wonderful. Should I put it in full sun? <clears throat> I had a fig growing on the north side of my house, and it it got huge right? But being on the north side, it did not get full sun all the time. And it did just fine. I have two other figs that uh, one doesn't get any morning sun and the other one mm, doesn't get any late afternoon sun. And they're both doing fine. So don't forget when you plant your fig, they can get huge 
Okay. I mean, mine went um, and wound up being more than 30 feet wide. Wow. And 20 feet tall, easily. It was Ooh. fantastic. All kinds of good figs. Now, it didn't do that overnight, but it True. will get very large. And you can trim them back if it's too much. But if you pick a spot to plant them, you may want to pick a spot that'll have some room to it. Not real close to a fence, because you'll always be fighting it. You'll always have to trim it if you plant it really close to a fence. Okay. Also, I have another question. I have lantana that is just doing absolutely gorgeous out here in these pots. When would be a good time to transplant them? You know, that's going to be the same thing. That's going to go in in the spring. You're going to find that we get, when we get a freeze, lantana will die back to the ground. You can cut it back so you have like maybe a four-inch stub coming out of the pot if it freezes back. If they're doing great now, you have at least, at least another week of non-freezing weather. So enjoy them. I mean, you may not wind up having to do anything to them until after Christmas. Well, that's good to hear. I mean, it's absolutely beautiful. It's just growing all over the place. So uh, My lantana in the ground has gone crazy. I mean, <laughs> it is huge. Lots of green growth. And I'm getting um, rounds of blooms. I get a whole bunch of blooms, and then it's nothing but green. But all of a sudden, the blooms start showing up again. So, right. um, yeah, I've really liked it, but I'm waiting for the first freeze. I'm sure that the first freeze is going to really knock it back, and that's when I'll trim it. Okay. Well, I just wanted to let you know I do enjoy your show. I listen to it all the time. Uh-huh. And, but I did have you. these questions about the figs. Well, so. you picked a great plant. <laughs> can do really well in Texas and uh, a productive fig. It is such a delicious fruit and there are so many things you can do with a fig. Dry right. it, turn it into a jam or jelly, you know, cook with it. I used to have a recipe, well, I still have the recipe for this fantastic fig and arugula pizza. Oh my gosh, it was so good. We look forward to it every year. But lost my fig. My other two haven't produced yet. I'm hoping they will this coming year. Well, good luck to you on that, Dan. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for the call, Diana. Uh, Good luck with your trees. And I will uh, have to take a break here, folks. Bottom of the hour, we have the news. I'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back everybody. Let's go let's go to the phone. This is Marilyn. Marilyn, what can I help you with? Yes, good morning, Jeff. Can you hear me? Yes, yes ma'am. All right. Um, We have 
some uh, Monterey oaks that are about three years old. We bought them, I think they were in five-gallon buckets. So they're pretty big now because we've been watering them. And um, also some chinkapins. And the question is regarding pruning. I believe now is the time of the year to prune, and we're wondering on these young trees, do we still need to put the on the low branches, like, you know, the ones that a foot or a um, little higher than a foot from the ground, do we need to paint or put some treatment on when we prune those off? Usually... If you're trimming a small branch less than an inch in diameter, less than an inch in diameter, okay, you shouldn't have to paint it. You can okay. if you wish. There's no problem with that. But you shouldn't have to paint it. And fortunately, chinkapin oaks and Monterey oaks are known to be oak wilt resistant. So that helps out, too. Right. So less than one inch, because all of these branches are less than one inch, the ones we're trimming off. So uh, that's good. Yeah, um, and then we'll just try to find, um, there, there's some good websites that show different um, tips on pruning yeah. trees. So we'll yes. go to that. All right. Well, you answered it, and now is the good time between now and the end of January, right? Correct. Great. Okay. Thank you so much. Thanks for the call, Marilyn. Yeah, folks, the end of January, now till the end of January. Remember that. That is the lowest risk for pruning oak trees. The problem is, if you are cutting really big oak trees, the arborists are kind of busy right now taking care of other people's oak trees. So you kind of want to get on it. If you're going to be pruning your own trees, sharp tools, rule number one. Rule number two is clean tools. Squirt with Lysol, you know, 10 to 1 bleach formula, something like that. And rule number three, you make all the cuts on one tree. Then you clean your tools. Then you make all the cuts on the second tree. Then you clean your tools. And you do so, you never want to cut one tree and then go to another tree. That would be a way to spread the disease. When a surgeon does work on you, he doesn't reuse the scalpel, all right? Don't do that to your trees. Um, but it is when we would be trimming those oaks. And lucky for Diane, she has, uh, I'm sorry, Marilyn was to call her, she has trees that are considered to be oak wilt resistant. Now, some of the oaks 
live oaks, they, they're susceptible to oak wilt. So by deciding what you're going to plant, you can also help decide what is and isn't going to happen to the tree. And she said the trees got large fairly quickly because of watering them. That is true. These trees don't want to be in a swamp, but regular access to water during those first couple of years can really help them establish and grow big and strong. Monterey's for oak trees are relatively fast-growing trees. They're not the fastest tree, but they are much faster than something like a bur oak or a live oak. They can grow to a good caliper trunk from a five-gallon tree. She said in three years, she's got good, strong trees. That's what you want to look for. And she picked trees that are oak wilt resistant. And this is the right time of the year to do the trimming to get rid of some of those little scrub branches. Now, some folks will argue that you should leave them. They help the tree get stronger. There's not a lot of data that shows that's true. But if you got a tree and it has branches in such a way that when you walk under it, it smacks you in the head, that's a branch that's got to go. I'm sorry, I had a bunch of those. No, my head told me I need to get rid of them. Anyway, let's see here. Um, this question comes up. This question comes up this time of the year about how do you care for a Christmas cactus? Because a lot of times they're gifts, people like their appearance. Um, they want to stay <clears throat> relatively warm. Not super hot, but they don't like freezing. They want a sunny, uh, south-facing window. They, they are a sun-loving plant. They want four to six hours of diffused light. Direct sun may be too much, but they do want it bright. And they really would like to live indoors because they like a temperature between 70 and 80. And that's our indoor temperature for the most part of uh, the winter. Now, when the plant's blooming, you want to keep the soil moist. Not a swamp, but moist. And you want to mist the plant itself. It's a, a fan of higher potassium to get it to bloom. So seaweed, which is high potassium, works really well. Give it a little seaweed, either spraying it or drenching it, 
every two weeks till the buds start forming and produce the flowers for you. So um, we're going to get a bunch of them. The problem will be, of course, what do you do with them once they're all done? So the Christmas cactuses, which are gorgeous plants, they, they really truly are. And the nice thing about pruning a Christmas cactus, what you cut off, you can grab a bud and just twist it and stick that in the dirt and you can have another Christmas cactus. They're really, uh, they're really nice plants. They're a good um, forever plant to gift to people. But warm weather, diffused bright light, and 70 degrees will make them super happy. They'll be just fine, and you can get them to bloom more than just at Christmas time. Um, someone texted and wanted to know about a tea plant, the drinkable tea. Trim the leaves, dry them out, make tea from them. They are another plant that's going to want warm weather. They are not particularly cold hardy, but they're attractive. So you could grow them in a container and bring them in when you wanted to. But you need a fairly large plant to be able to produce enough leaves to actually make tea. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. <clears throat> I have to take a break. We'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512 836 0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Let's um, let's go to the phone. This is Dennis. Dennis, what can I help you with? Uh, good morning, Jeff. Good show. Thank you. Um, we have attempted to grow a fig tree at least three times. And in each case, within a year, um, and this would be like, a, say, a five-gallon fig, within a year, the, the fig tree is dead. And so I suspect that the location that we keep going back to the same location, which is obviously a mistake. Um, what are the ideal soil conditions to grow a fig tree? They're pretty uh, tolerant of everything from clay to sandy soil. So the better the soil, of course, the better the fig will grow. If you can get a good tilt to the soil and it's crumbly and plenty of organic matter, the fig should do fine. However, when is this fig dying? Um, I can't really recall because it sort of gave up a couple of years ago, but um, they, they make it into the spring, early summer, and they, in each case, would have leaves and things like that. But then it's almost like, a, I don't want to call it an oak wilt, but it's, it's almost like a disease sets in and, the, and they die. Are you sure they're not just going dormant? Because a small fig will freeze to the ground pretty much every year. Nothing will be sticking out. 
The crown will be there. It'll look completely dead, but it'll put on new growth in the spring. Have you left um, them in the ground long enough to notice if that happened? Yes. Well, okay, so we're we're in that cycle right now. We've got um, a fig tree that has died back, but it died back during the summer. And we don't know if it's going to come back. Um, none of them ever have. We've had three of them in the same location. And um, they're just not exhibiting, like, the ability to make it through a, a full year. Okay. Last summer isn't fair. Nothing did well last summer. And if it was already struggling at all, the heat probably was like a big kick in the teeth. But, but. They don't need <clears throat> they don't need continuous water. They would like some moisture and they are shallow rooted. So you can usually take care of their moisture concerns by, you know, um an inch of compost over the root zone in the spring and then mulch it well so that you have a consistent water level for the tree, uh, there there is a nematode issue that can occur with figs. I don't know anyone who has ever had that. That doesn't mean, of course, that you haven't, but I've not seen that being a problem here in central Texas. No one's lost their fig for it. And it usually comes on when the fig is much older, is more mature. There are fig beetles, but they won't show up until you actually get figs. So the only thing I can think of is where you're growing them. It's not, uh, it's not near any gas line or anything like that that could be leaking into the soil, is it? No, but there is one aspect that I've suspected, and that is that it might be getting too much water. It's it's in an area that gets a lot of runoff from a patio. Mm-hmm. And that area is perpetually moist, and, and during any kind of a rain, all the water from a 70-foot-long concrete patio goes into that area. And I've often thought that maybe I'm drowning um, that fig tree. That's possible, though. That can show up earlier than, you know, it it pops up in the spring, the plant looks good. If you were really giving it way too much water, you would start to see that in the early leaves of the plant. One thing you want to do, stick your finger in the dirt. I know that sounds silly, but it should be a wet to dry environment. I don't mean bone dry. I just mean we don't ever want a swamp. And I have two fig trees that I never have watered. And my 30 foot wide fig that I lost in the freeze apocalypse, I never provided it supplemental water. So you may have identified, look, I need to watch here and, you know, try to be careful 
let the fig go a little bit dry. Don't try to keep the soil moist all the time. That could be a, an issue that may be difficult because that's the place that you got it growing. That may be the only place you have room for it. And I'm not sure how you can readdress or point the water runoff somewhere else. Right. We have, we have never introduced any additional water to these fig trees because we knew they was getting water from the patio. So, um, okay, we'll let this one see if it uh, makes it through the winter. Well, there's really nothing there, some little stubs, and we'll right. see if it comes back in the spring. Yeah. Um, it should start to put a little leaf on when we get into true spring, meaning we're back to um, 50 degrees or above during the nighttime temperatures, that fig should start showing up. Uh, if it doesn't, you can look at, if you're, if you're sure you haven't flooded the plant, you could look at uh, having a soil sample done there. I don't know if you need to go to that level. I, I don't know if it's something in the soil or it's just an environmental condition of, like, it's getting too much water when it shouldn't. But that would be that would be something I would consider if it doesn't come back this spring. Okay, well, very good. Thank you very much. Yeah, good luck, Dennis. There's nothing better than a fig. Um, I, I have had three of them and love every one of them. So I wish you luck. Yeah, folks, great plant. It really is. It is not a swamp plant. It uh, wants water, but it wants that wet to dry. You know, a fig is actually, I believe, in the ficus family. So imagine that you have a ficus in your house. How often do you water it? It's water and let it go dry. You can pretty much do the same to your outside fig to see if it will come back. And those who plant figs that are five-gallon, you know, they're the little or smaller, There's you can get a one-gallon fig. They have like less than 12 inches of height to them. When you put those in the ground, the first winter is going to kill them to the ground. That's normal. And that may happen for years. I had one that it took five years before it finally stayed above the ground in the spring and didn't die off in the winter to the ground level. And the next spring, the, the branches that stayed above the ground leafed out rather than having to start over each time. That's not at all unusual for a fig tree. It can be unnerving because you uh, aren't sure if it's going to make it back. But the fact that it will just become a stub in the ground over winter is not at all unusual. It is not mean it's a problem. The problem becomes when they don't come back. And that's what Dennis was seeing. The fig didn't come back at all. 
So there are things that have to be checked out there. They are too good of a tree in Texas. They, they really are because they produce such a great fruit. They generally do not have disease problems and they don't tend to have pest problems. They just go on about their business and grow. They kind of pull a Harry Potter whomping willow routine and all of a sudden their leaves will turn a little yellow and you'll come out one day and there won't be a leaf on it. They like drop them all at once. That's not a big deal either. That's their normal behavior. But they're a great tree, uh, a nutritious, delicious fruit with um, a lot of ways to prepare it, preserve it. Figs are really are, are really super awesome. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. I'm coming up on a top-of-the-hour break for the news. Um, I will catch everybody on the other side of the news, and we'll try the next hour then. <laughs> 